So, but we're going to have um, my son come up and deliver a message for you tonight. Yeah. Well, now, boy, you get applause before you even come up. My goodness. Uh, he had asked to do this quite a while back, and and I think Pastor John and certainly myself and the rest of our family have seen a lot of things in him over the years. So you're about to witness something that I believe we've been excited about all along. And uh, But this is his first time, so make sure you put a lot of pressure on him, as you did my first time. No, I'm just kidding. So, But would you uh, welcome my son, who I'm very proud of, Jonathan Pfeffer. Thank you. Introduction. Thanks, Dad. You know, setting the, setting the pressure up already. You know, <laughs> how's everyone doing tonight? Good. Yeah, good. Well, I'm. I don't take this lightly, and I really appreciate the opportunity that I was given. And um, man, it's, it is a blessing to be able to be up here in front of all of you today. It, I cherish every moment of this and putting it all together. And I have to say that, you know, it's. I'm excited. So. I know it's a Wednesday night, so we might have to get a little bit more enthusiasm in here, but, you know, <laughs> but anyway, so sometimes in church, not during any of your messages, you guys are good. Anyone else's mind go down rabbit holes, you know? Yeah, yeah. This isn't the message, guys, so this, this is opening, you know? Um, so anyways, I think we were reading some verse in Proverbs a few weeks back, and and in my head, you know... Where you're not supposed to go in your head is sometimes some of the funniest stuff you find, you know. But um, Proverbs is such an important book in the Bible, filled with so many wise sayings. And I guess I just wondered, what would Proverbs sound like if it was written today, you know? What are some of my wise sayings? And it's a good thing I didn't write Proverbs. (laughs) Anyways, so I put some of my greatest wise sayings down. And I put them in King James Version for all of you. <laughs> it's okay to laugh, guys. You know? it's, it's all right. So I said, verse 1, if it is not thine circus, then it is not thine monkeys. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever lets the cat out of the bag, it will not return. Oh, wow. Rough crap. Anyways. But anyways, all jokes aside, let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for today. Thank you for the many blessings you've given us. And just continue to help each and every one of us grow deeper into what you have for us today, Lord. I pray that you have something for each and every one of us today, Lord. And I'm trusting that you can work through me tonight to be able to reach people and reach them on a deeper level and go deeper than we have been before. Um. God, help me with some nerves tonight, and I pray that everyone gains a different understanding of what it means to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, let's take a look at the first verse for tonight, and ironically, it's in Proverbs. See, segue, you know? Anyways, um, so our first verse tonight is look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you, Proverbs 4, 25. I have another version of this. Um, it's, I should have given it to them. Um, I think it's the same verse, but it's in a different translation. Do we have that back there? The common English version? All right, that's all right. But anyways, so this verse tells us to look straight ahead. And that's important with walking when you want to get to a destination, Right? It's important to know where you're going and be able to keep your focus on where you're going. Life's a busy place. We get very distracted. We're all at fault for it. And uh, this isn't a condemnation thing. It's just the fact of life that there's so much out there that distracts us that it prevents us from really finding what's important in life. And that's finding joy and that's finding happiness in life. And what we're going to get into is that's only found through Christ. 
as most of us already know. So um, I don't know if we have it, but it's actually the English Standard Version of um, Proverbs 19, verse 2. Do we have that? Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Um, This was actually the verse that I had the other translation for, too. So, All right, perfect. See, you guys in the back are perfect. Thank you. Ignorant desire is not good. Rushing feet make mistakes. Hmm. I want to take this verse at a different angle today. Sorry, I'm going to pull up my notes. <laughs> Having a desire to serve God without knowing what Christ has done for you is an ignorant desire. Does everyone get what I'm saying? Perfect. So desire without knowledge is not good. A desire to serve God and not dive deeper into the relationship He has for each and every one of us is where we can make mistakes. The title for tonight's message is being called servant or being friend. I don't yeah, I don't think we have that slide. But anyways, so in the Bible, the word servant is used over a thousand times. And on a lesser level, we have the term friend. Servant is used to describe many great Bible figures such as David, Moses, and Abraham. Um, they're all called servants. We're called to have a servant attitude towards other people in life. We're called to humble ourselves enough to get to that place of being called servant. And that's what Christ exactly did. On another way, servant can be a servant is a great term to be have to have, excuse me. But it's not where we're meant to stay as Christians. You see, servant the term servant is given to people endowed with a task. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to know the person giving me the task. And this is where servant becomes a distant way of knowing the master. Being servant is a distant way of knowing God. Servants do the will of the master without experiencing the love from God. Like I said before, the term friend is used on a very lesser scale. And I did the math, which I'm not great at, so bear with me. Um, it's less than 0.0001% the term friend is used in the entire Bible. So you might be saying, well, then why is it important? Well, some of these same people that were called servant eventually got to the level in their relationship with God where he called them friend. A friendship can be defined as a reciprocal relationship with somebody. Both ends having the same will and desire in the end. And it's a choice. It's a choice of loving that person dearly. The interesting part of, for example, we can look at Abraham and we see him, his transformation of going from servant to friend is, it's interesting because it wasn't until Abraham got to the place of doing what the Lord had asked him that's when he got called friend. Sometimes in life, we need to get to the place where we understand what God's asking us and we're able to humble ourselves enough to get to the servant level and grow into the friendship level with Christ. So, how do we get to the friend level with God? Well, it's really simple, but it takes a willingness to actually do it. It's spending time in prayer with Him. It's spending time to be still and understand His will for you. And it's acting upon His love for others. Here's where things get interesting. Some of us genuine people are at the servant level and try and act like we're at the friend level. 
Pastor Chris has talked about this, a.k.a. Dad, has talked about this in the past, where sometimes we can think we're here, but we're actually over here. That's dangerous because that prevents us from growing. But my point is that sometimes people who are at the servant level with Christ don't actually experience the love that God has for them. And because of that, are spiritually homeless. This this type of believer tries to share a joy that they haven't received. And for this, I have an example. Hey, Grandpa, can I give you a dollar? I told you about this example. You gotta act act like I didn't tell you. All right. All right. It's family business. All right. I'm gonna give you two dollars. I need you to give one to Nama. Okay. Okay. Now. Yep. Okay. Oh, I gotta make sure you don't keep it. (laughs) So that example, as stupid as it was, was some of us today with the gospel and the good news that you have in your life. It was pointless because what I didn't share was that might have been my last two dollars. That may have been my lunch for the week. Well, you can't really get anything for a dollar these days. Not even the dollar store sells anything that cheap. (laughs) Anyways, but now that I tell you that, that dollar has more of an impact because I know what it costs me. And because I've given that to you, and you gave that to Nama. Yeah. That has an impact too now. So see, in life, God wants to reveal to you what he's done for you and what he wants to do for you. But we just have to be willing to actually accept what he's given us first. Mm. Mm. Right. Oh, yes. You can keep that. <laughs> it's getting tight, but you know. Put it towards my birthday present, you know. All right. So, being called friend of God means he can trust you and confide in you. This is an important point I want to make. Who, who raise your hand when, when I say this, who goes around telling random strangers important information? Really? Oh, okay. Well, how is it fair that we ask God to do the same with us? If we don't know Jesus and what he's done for us, how can we ask him to reveal his plans to us? It's not that simple. Jesus cares deeply for each and every one of us. And we've all heard this before. He desires a relationship with you on a deeper level. You know, it's it's a lost fact today that we... We just don't want to get deeper with certain people in our relationship with them. And that's not to say, um, I mean deeper in the way of communicating more and being more vulnerable about our actual issues. And we can be exactly like that with Christ. You see, when we understand that, I'm getting ahead of myself, hold on. So, my point is, Not gaining a deeper relationship with Christ and taking that time leaves you vulnerable to the enemy. And I know it also takes away something from us that is very, very important too, is if I don't know Christ, how can I have a positive effect on others? You can, you can say, I'm going to have an effect on somebody and it lasts a day or two, but when you have an effect on somebody through Christ, that changes the entire course of somebody's life. And that's why it's important to know what he's done for you. The definition of gospel is the good news. What has God done for you that's your good news, that he set you free from? You know, we all have something, you know. Anyways, let's move on. So, another example is a Christian that sits around watching TV all day about the news, and this is none of us in here, but, um, or 
a teenage teenager that sits around watching TV all day. That is one of us in here. Anyways, um, sits around watching TV all day. And then God tells them to go do something and talk to somebody about Christ. Are they going to have the same impact as if they spent time in prayer and worship with God? If I sat around watching the news every day and thank the Lord I don't, um, I would go out and when I went up to that person that's hurting and needs to know something, that they have a creator that loves them and finds them so remarkably special, I start telling them, the end is near, repent, you know, all going to war, you know, no, that, that's not positioning ourselves to have a good effect on anyone else, you know, it, it can be easy to sit there, anyone can sit there and stare at a screen for an hour and a half, but it takes dedication to go deeper into Christ, and this is what a lot of modern Christianity shows us nowadays, that being a Christian is free, Mm. Mm. I really it when I learned this it was really irking me to say this but it's it's become so true to me now that becoming a Christian is not free. Christ asks you to deny yourself. How is Christ going to live through you if you're still in there? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Makes sense. All right. So it comes to being able to deny yourself. And we've talked about this, the renewing of the mind and working yourself out of the equation. Because if you're thinking of yourself less, you're thinking of others more. So, for example, the, the disciples, when they were called, they, I don't think they were like, Jesus was like, hey, come, follow me for a couple minutes, you know, we'll see what happens. And the disciples were like, all right, let's see what he's about, you know. I'll come and finish my fishing later. No. No. They knew what they'd have to give up. It cost them the careers. It cost them, for some of them, it might have been their family. We don't know. For whatever that case was, it cost them something. Part of your walk with Christ, you should understand what it's cost you. It's not... It's not something that we can just say, hey, I know what God's done for everyone else, but I haven't experienced what he's done for me. Because a lot of us try and go out there and tell people about Christ, and there's a funny example of this is your, your voice changes, you know? You're like, have you heard about the Lord? You know? <laughs> Sorry, guys, you didn't have to bear with me tonight. <laughs> Anyways, but your voice changes. Anyways. So, but when you go and do this, it's like uncomfortable and you're like, the other person's like, oh, okay, this is, this person's really interesting. I'm going to start moving away from them. But no, what, what we get wrong is that we don't understand what we should be sharing. You should be sharing the thing that Christ has done for you. You should be sharing what he set you free from. You should be sharing that what it cost me is is not as great as what I received from Christ in return. We've been talking lately about the fruits of the Spirit and enjoying them through the Holy Spirit. And getting to that place requires us to lose ourselves. Because why would God give benefits to somebody that's not serving Him? And that the old person is still in there. Learning to deny yourself is vital for Christianity. Sometimes when we're at the servant level, we like to find different ways of trying to know God other than spending time in prayer and setting that time aside for Him. We, we like to... Hmm, we like to look at the Bible and say, and don't get me wrong, the Bible is very important. But sometimes we get lost in the words rather than who said it. You know? We have genuine people out here who are quoting scripture to everyone else. But God reveals himself in different ways, too. If you just step out and trust that he will. You know? I mean, for example, in the past, I've gotten words 
that were from God and that, ironically enough, I found in the Bible. And it's not that I'd heard it before. I'd just been like, wow, that's exactly what he said. So learning to step out in that time of prayer and being still is very important to understanding your creator and knowing Christ. Um, let's get into our anchor scripture for tonight. It's about time. This guy's going on. Uh, John 15, 9, verse 17. Do we have that? All right, perfect. I have loved you, even as my Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things, excuse me, these things so that you will be filled with my joy as your joy will overflow. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Uh, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything that the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment. Love each other. Alright, so let's break this down. Sorry, that was a mouthful, but it's important. So verse 9. Um, yep, perfect. Thank you. Um, it's always important to look when we see Scripture, when something comes up more than one time in a passage. I have loved you as the Father has loved me. So we need to understand that even Jesus had to learn the love that God had for him before he could love others. Uh, Remain in my love. Next scripture. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. So a big thing today is learning what the word remain means. And it's to... I like to think of it like this. It's, it's being constantly aware of Christ and, and the character that He's changed you into being. You know? The old... Because if you've become new in Christ, then you're remaining in that love. Because God loved you enough to send Christ and teach you how to live. So if we understand the basics of what Jesus has taught us, then we're remaining in that love. Uh, where were we? Just as I put in my father's going to remain in his love. Um, now verse 11. Perfect. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. So, quick question. Where does joy come from? Okay. It comes from being in Christ. It's a joy that will last, and it says this later on. It's a joy that will last, and that doesn't just last a week or two, or a month, or a year. It's more valuable than anything else you have in this life. It's joy. And not only just joy, joy that will overflow. Uh, Verse 12, perfect. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So this is the second time Christ kind of talks about the same thing. It's important to understand that because Christ understood the Father's love for him, then he was able to share that with others. So, just one second. Thank you. Um, So first, the disciples learn of Christ's love for them. And then later on throughout the New Testament, we see them doing these great works and sharing the gospel. Would that have been possible if they didn't know that Christ loved them? No. So learning to know that Christ 
cares for you deeply and intimately on a relationship level is vital to your walk and having an impact. Um, next verse, please. Thank you. There is no greater love than this to lay down his, one's life for one's friends. Now I'm going to ask you this. When you deny yourself in a way that's laying your life down. And sometimes we think, oh, I have to physically go die for a friend. This verse always scared me when I was younger. Oh, what? I have to go die for my friends? What? No. In some ways, yes, but on a spiritual level, it's learning to let yourself go and let Christ come in. So that way you can have an impact for those that you have a friend relationship with. And just so we know, a friend is someone you care about and love. In this term, friends can be whatever you think it is because it could be your family in this sense. It could be whoever you deeply care about. You have, if you really care about them, you will deny yourself enough to show them Christ because that's where that joy comes from. If you want people to be happy in your life, it's time to start pointing them to Christ. And I know most of us here are at this level. I'm just, it's words of encouragement to keep going. So, where was I? Wow, I went way off the notes. (laughs) Um, Where are we? Yeah, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Verse 16 talks about something a lot of us get wrong today. Asking for things from Christ. Because the disciples knew him, that's when they were given the right to ask for things. Some of us today are trying to ask God for things, but not be willing to change. Hmm. And it's sad because then it reflects poorly that God doesn't do anything. But that's not what's happening. Sometimes we just, as I think I said it earlier, we need to humble ourselves to say, I'm not where I need to be. And that allows God to work. And other times it's, it's learning to put your priorities in order. Um, Pastor Mike, a long time ago, had a message about priorities that's always stuck with me and the importance of keeping God first. Some of us have to be willing to let go of some of the, the important things in our life and put Christ before them. If you're, if you're so invested in your career, Christ may ask you to drop what you're doing and find Him. It's, it's dangerous to say, but... When you become solely dependent on Christ and not anything else in your life, that's when you can grow in a deeper relationship with Him. Because if I'm still holding on to something from an old life, how can I be trying to live a new life? If, if, mm. if I'm trying to live a new life with old views, how is that going to affect people for Christ? You know, a big thing these days is politics, and a big thing these days is politics, and it's it's dividing our nation like crazy. Maybe Christ might ask you to lay down your political view in order to reach somebody. Okay, see if they have me back sometime. <laughs> Anyways, but no, because. What happens when we go to talk to somebody who has a different political view than us is, oh, ooh, yeah, that's not right. Can't be that way, you know. But Jesus loves you, you know. And then zero impact, like the example earlier. Sometimes it's, it's learning to get past those differences that allows you to connect. It's not being, it's being welcoming, but it's not being accepting. Well, hold on, I need to... I'm going to restrict that from the thing until I think about that. Anyways, but the main thing is in order to reach others to how we're fully supposed to, we can't assume that we're going to do that without 
a price, and that's yourself. So now we get into the interesting part. So what's stopping us from fully experiencing him? And we've talked about it just a second ago about self as one. Another one, I know personally, like we said in the beginning, life is a very busy place. Things come at you very quick. And sometimes if you're not solely dependent on Christ, you'll go back to that old thing. Hmm. Let's take a look at Matthew 14, 22, verse 33. Wow, I really want to read a lot of scriptures today, John. Good job. Okay. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to watch TV. No. To pray. So, side note here, Christ even had to go take time to pray. And because he was so effective, and because he was the Savior, he knew God was his sole priority. Uh, Where was I? Later on that night, he was there alone. Alright, I'm going to go off my notes. was I? So, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus said to them, take courage. Don't be afraid. And then Peter was trying to be smart and was like, hey guys, watch this. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to walk out. Here's the interesting thing. Peter's the only other person in the Bible that walked on water. Jesus was like, all right, get a load of this guy. Come on out. So the moral of this story is I just want to point out some certain things. That sometimes we have to be willing to take a step out of the, out of the boat in life. Yeah. And sometimes that might be denying yourself. Sometimes that might be calling a family member that you really can't stand and telling them, you know, I'm sorry, but I just want to get back to a place where we can deepen our relationship. Sometimes it's, it's going up to that friend and saying, I'm, I'm sorry again. Wow, I'm saying sorry a lot. This isn't good. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's taking that step for whatever God's told you to do. You know? And you'll only get to that place when you spend time in prayer. Uh, where was I? Um, then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Notice this, Jesus was ahead of him. Might seem like a basic thing, but Christ goes before us. He doesn't lead us to places he wouldn't go himself. So in times where we get nervous of doing something, just remember who's, who you're doing this for, who you're going towards. You know? But then, like many of us in life, he started looking at the things around him. The winds and the waves. And then Peter said, Lord, save me, because he began to drown. A couple things. Christ is there when we start to fall. But we start to fall when we lose our focus on him. So in life, when things aren't going the right way, You need to take some time and say, Lord, help me readjust my focus and let it be on you and you alone. And as he did, he saved Peter. And Jesus wasn't too happy about it. He was like, you have little faith. Which is applicable to us. (laughs) But, like I said, sometimes in life we need to think about it as if we're walking out on the water. If we keep our eyes on Christ, we won't drown. Even if we start to sink, Christ is there. Sin will take from you more than you want to give and keep you way longer than you want to stay. 
Sometimes we need to identify the wins in our life. Sometimes that wind can be sin. Sometimes it's just distractions that come to pull us off course. But the good news is that we can be free. I want everyone to do me a favor right now. Just close your eyes. And think of something you've been struggling with lately. Does everyone have that thing? All right, now open your eyes. Christ has set you free from that. He has. With this, I want to provide everyone with an opportunity. To believers everywhere, one of the greatest things ever spoken, one of the greatest things ever spoken, was come, follow me. Sometimes in life, we encounter Christ, but then don't follow. And it's, it's, it's really sad because it's not just this life we're talking about wasting, it's, it's your eternity. If we can go to Luke 18, verse 22. Perfect. All right. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Everything you have, I'm sorry, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Again, we see Christ saying, You need to let go. You need to let go of what desires you place highest in your life in order to follow me. Notice the follow me didn't come first and say, follow me, and then at some point go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And then, you know, you'll get something in heaven. No. It came after the obedience that it takes to get to that level to be able to follow Christ. See, once again, we see that it cost us something to come to Christ. I don't want to focus on this too much, but it does. You have to, until you've denied yourself, and what that might seem like for some, it's it's learning to pray for that understanding of what those things are in your life, whatever it is. Some of us, it might be, you know, identity issues or it might be it doesn't it doesn't matter whatever it is but we just need to be able to say it's not an overnight process but it's it's a daily pursuit and that is christianity it's a daily pursuit of christ and changing your character into what he's told you to be um this past sunday pastor i talked about spiritual laziness and, you know, some of us need to get up and start working some things out of our life. But the important part I want to make here was Pastor Ray talked about weeds growing up and the thorns of them. And I looked this up because I am not a gardener, and I, said, and I saw pruning comes before growth and after growth. So what does that say? Jesus even used this example. But... Until we, this is an important part of what we need to understand. In order to grow, we need to weed things out of our life, take things out of our life. In order to stay in that character that He's designed us to be, we still need to make sure nothing's coming in our life and getting in the in the way of the fruit that's coming from us. So, as we talked about quickly earlier. Your viewpoints, if not let go, will prevent you from experiencing His fullness and prevent you from reaching others. One of the dangerous points is is putting such a priority on something that, that you discount everything else. And in that comes hate. And you begin, if that's not, if that's not what I agree with, then I have to hate it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. It might be right in your eyes or it might be right in God's eyes, but God understands that it's more important that you're able to connect with that person rather than share the hate for that person. 
He doesn't want you to hate things in general because it limits His ability to work in your life. So let go of your viewpoints. Love. Love more times than not is a choice we have to make. And that's what Christ did, and that's why it's the ultimate symbol of love. He decided to go to the cross. And we talk about no one made him go to the cross. He decided. Sometimes we have the opportunity to decide if we're going to go up on the cross spiritually. If we're going to let go of what matters most to us in order to reach somebody. In order to experience that joy that we saw in John 15. Situations come that cause us to ask ourselves if love is worth it. And most of us here, I hope you can say, yes, it is. Because it is. Love for each and every one of us can mean different things. But overall, it's, it's been lost today that love is more of a choice than a feeling. Until we understand that choosing to treat somebody a certain way that Christ has showed us to treat them, we're never going to experience his fullness. So I want to ask you today, are you willing to go deeper into a relationship with Christ? Or even better, a friendship with him? As I mentioned, Abraham was called friend because of what he had done. He almost went and sacrificed his own son Are we willing to sacrifice some of the things in our life for God? And I promise you, the only way we will be happy in life is through Christ. So I want everyone to take a minute to be still and quiet. And that thing that we talked about earlier that has been making you struggle with your walk with Christ... Picture it. And I want you to find the waves in your life, the winds in your life. Does everybody have that thing? It might be anger. It might be unforgiveness. It might be some impurity. Whatever it is, take a minute to ask God, what is that thing? And help me deal with it, Lord. In a powerful way, the Holy Spirit will move when you ask this question. All right, you can look up now. Now, as the disciples were guaranteed, Christ said, come, follow me. Sometimes it took the obedience of letting that go whatever it was that valued, they valued the most in their life, allowed God to set them free. Sometimes we, we like to ask for healing for things, and, and that's great, but it's like the example of giving a, a person a fish for a day, they'll eat for a day. But teaching a person to fish, it'll last them a lifetime. Healing can can provide temporary fullness. And for some, it might, it might be an eternal reward. It might help them get a deeper understanding of Christ. But Christ came to change every one of us. And until you've, until you've understood that, hmm, that person is not going to fulfill what they need to fulfill. Some of us might be saying, well, it doesn't really matter. I prayed the salvation prayer. I'm going into heaven. I want to take a look at Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Uh, Next verse. Thank you. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly. Ooh, this is a good version. I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Some of us, eternity is on the line right now. We have to choose whether we want to just go about our daily lives trying to be a good person, trying to do the right things, trying to make a positive impact. That's not what's going to get you into heaven. You know? It's learning to spend that time and prioritize Christ above all that you'll begin to know Him. And salvation doesn't come by works, but it comes with the willingness to want to be in a relationship with your Creator. So as I said earlier, I want to give everyone an opportunity right now. In order to... In order to serve Christ on a deeper level, sometimes it takes a commitment that others can see and that you know you're willing to do and that it feels real to you. So if everyone, one more time, last time I promise. How long do I have to? I did not ask this question before. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Right to this. All right. Anyways, close your eyes again, please. So that thing that you're picturing right now, I want to ask anyone that is willing to come up front. Ooh, this is getting scary now. Come up front and take some time and pray. Come, come, follow him up front and take some time to pray. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to do this, and then I'll come back and close this out with prayer, but if it just takes one person to start this. So whoever wants to be that person that says, Christ, I want to live my life for you in a knowing relationship with you. And some of us might be doubting ourselves right now, saying, no, I'm good. I'm in a good place. Hmm. If you have to justify where you are, then you're not where you need to be. That person telling you quietly inside that you're not where you're supposed to be is the Holy Spirit telling you He wants to know you. He wants to know every one of us. Because each of us is individually made for something special. God has a direct plan for each and every one of you to have an impact and to live a joyful life. So if you want to experience that thing, I'm going to give everybody a couple minutes. I'm going to go sit down. Just come up front and take some time to pray. I'll be back. Those of us that are up here, keep praying. I know this isn't all. I know this isn't all. It just takes one step out of that boat. It just takes one step onto that water.
to deal with the issues that are preventing you from living the life that you're meant to live. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk. Christ just wants you to come and follow him. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I know there's, there's some other people in here. It just takes one step. It's one step into your fullness that He has for you. It just takes standing up and walking down. Take that step of humility right now. Humble yourself enough to come down here. You're not alone. Some of us might be starting to fall under the water. It's time to reach out for Christ. It's time to reach out for Him. just takes humility to come down here. If you're scared to come down, then right where you are, just humble yourself enough to pray because Christ will still meet you where you are. For everyone up here, just remain where you are. If we could all come up and pray over everyone up here, there's power and unity. Everyone, just lay your hands on somebody up here.
Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, For those of you that came up, you may be experiencing an immediate release, or you may not, but I can tell you this, stepping out for Christ is never a mistake. And what you did today signifies you want to go deeper with Him. For those of us still praying, feel free. I'm just going to close in prayer, and then everyone can head home. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here right now. Mm. Setting some people free, Lord. Free to experience the fullness of you. Free to have joy in their life, Lord. Thank you for everyone that came up, Lord, that this, this doesn't end here, Lord. That their walk with you only continues to go deeper. And they will... Begin to see the vastness of you and the lengths of your love, Lord, and understand it a whole lot more, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity today, Lord. Just, wow. Thank you, Lord, that you are good and that you do care about every single person in here and you want them to be free. And that freedom allows us to follow you closer and be able to step into a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.